You know, I, that last prayer point I recall that was an interview that was granted some time ago on CNN to three chief executives. And one of the questions that was asked of them was that, you know, they are, they are managing a Fortune 500 company. There are three companies that are Fortune 500 companies. And they were asking them, how did you get to this position? You know, what, how did you get here? And one of them responded in a way that, you know, I, I was blessed by his response. He said, it's not because we are the best people. It's not because he's the, ba he's the best for that position. So what led him to that position was because that he happened to be at the right place at the right time. That other people could have been in that position as well, but he happened to be at the right place at the right time. Somebody mentioning his name to somebody. And that was what made a difference in his life. And that's very, very important for all as well. We need to recognize that. That it is important for us to be at the right place at the right time. If you check about, look at your life, realize that sometimes in your life, you have come across people that have blessed your life. Not because you are better than others, but because you just happen to be at the right place at the right time. The Lord Almighty is going to release His grace upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Today, by the grace of God, we shall continue on the theme of the year that we have been looking at, which is restoration. Restoration. And by the grace of God, today being the fifth month of the year, and today is actually the fifth day of the month as well. Praise the Lord. It's a month of grace. It's a day of grace. And today I'll be talking about restoration enabled by grace. Restoration enabled by grace. Praise the Lord. I will try and do a quick recap of what we have learned so far on restoration. One of my teachings, I did mention the fact that you cannot talk about restoration if you have never had that thing before. You can only speak concerning restoration if you had been in possession of something before and suddenly you don't have it again. If you have something that you had never had before, you just received it. It's not a restoration. But when you talk about restoration, it has to do with the fact that you've had it before and you, lo you lost that thing. The second point we made as well was that the desire you have to get something back depends on the value you place on that thing. If you don't place so much value on it, you will not pursue it. You will not you know, stress yourself to have it back. And I did recall I mentioned to us that the, the fact that the Lord Almighty gave his son to us is because of the value he plays on us. He, he loved us so much that he gave his only because in son. So we are value, valuable before the Lord Almighty. He values us so much. No, no matter whether you know it or not, you are a very valuable asset in the eyes of the Lord. 
You know, and sometimes you may not even know. Some people may not even know that they have lost something. So they will not even run after it to get it back because for them they have not lost anything. And until you realize that you have lost something, you will not pursue it to have it back. But when you have not come to that realization, you will just be where you are. And that takes me to the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Luke 15, 11 to 19. I will read that for us. Luke 15, 11 to 19. What I want to bring out here is that until you realize that you have lost something, the desire to have it back may not be there. Luke 15, 11 to 19. I'm reading from the NIV translation. NIV. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young son got together all he had, set off for its distant country, and there squandered its wealth in wide living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to, feed, to his feet to feed peace. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. And then, verse 17, where I'm going to, I would say, when he what? When he came to what? His senses. When he came to his senses, when he realized that he has lost something, he became conscious of the fact that he is not what he used to be. He became one of the that he had opportunities before. That even the servants in his father's house were better off than him. He realized that he needs to get back what he has lost. Praise the Lord. So it's very important for us to understand that the ability for us to go after what we have lost has to do with realizing that we have lost something or the value we place in it. The same thing with our ability to reconnect back to God. Many people today are not in Christ because they have not realized they are disconnected from God. And until they come to that realization, they will not feel the need that they need God. For many of us, we have stories of how we got connected back to God. And it's an indirect story for us. But until that need comes, we may not have that understanding. Praise the Lord. But I want to continue today by letting us know that it is one thing for you to desire to have something restored back to you. It is another for you to get that thing back. Desire to have it back is one thing. Your ability to have it back is another. So there are two different things. You may desire that I want this thing back. You may put all the effort into it. Just like I was trying to, uh, to, to, to lose the bed, as I was saying before. But doesn't necessarily mean that you will have it back as you want it. Praise the Lord. But when the grace of God is combined with your desire, then you can have the assurance to have 
what you want to get back. And grace is defined by saying divine influence. Divine influence. That's what we call the divine, divine grace. When the divine influence comes into play, then what you are looking to get back, you may be able to go to what? To get it back. Praise the Lord. So determination is one thing. Your effort is one thing. Your desire is one thing. But in order to have what you are looking for back, you need as well what? The grace of God. When the grace is withdrawn, no matter how much effort you put into it, you may not have it back. It may even be too late for you. Praise the Lord. Sometimes people don't realize the importance of what they have until they lose it. Particularly when they talk about relationship with God, because I'm talking about restoration of our relationship with God now. People don't realize how much valuable it is to have a relationship with God until they lose it. It's just like Esau. Esau wanted meal at a particular time, a pot of porridge. He desired a pot of porridge. And that's all that mattered to him. And he told his brother, give me this pot of porridge. And they said, I will give you in exchange for your birthright. To him at that time, birthright has no value. To him. And maybe he could not even connect the relationship between his birthright and what? A meal. Can't connect it. So that many people cannot connect the sins they're committing to what happens in their future today. And what they are doing today to what will happen in their future. So he was not ready to not say, give me the meal. Forget about the bad right. But when he desired the bad right, when the brother was about to bless him, which is connected to what? To his bad right. Father said, go and get me this and pray for me. He went because he desired that thing. He desired that. But when he came back, he realized that his brother had taken over. And he cried. He said, what? But that time it was too late. And I pray for you. It should not be too late for you in the name of Jesus Christ. He traded his bad ride for a pot of porridge. And I want to ask today, what are we trading for our soul? What are we trading for our soul? Praise the Lord. In the book of Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Our salvation is by grace as well. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of words, let any man she boasts. It is by grace that me and you are saved today. If not for the grace of God, where will I be? Where will you be? Many of us know where we were before. We give a lot to Christ. We know the path we are following. But sometimes somehow God touched us. God no no make an impact in our life and began to follow. The power of life. Praise the Lord. So it is not because we are better than others. It is by the grace of God. And I pray again, that grace will not be withdrawn from you. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's very, very important. It's not by our works. The book of Ecclesiastes 9 11. 
exercise 9 11, the Bible says, I return I saw under the sun. I return I saw under the sun. That the race is not to the what? To the swift. Not the battle to the strong. Not yet bread to the wise. Not yet riches to men of understanding. Not yet favor to men of skill. But time and what? Chance. Happen to them all. Time and chance. And in Romans 9 16 as well, the Bible says, Romans 9 16. So, so then it is not of him that what? Will it. Nor of him that are honest. But God has worth mercy. Praise the Lord. So when we desire restoration in any forms of, of our lives, it is not by our ability, it's by grace of God. So you should not discountenance God in everything you are doing. Because I don't want us to just live with an impression that we are doing restoration this year and then everything just be restored. And we have to pray for God's grace to help us to do that. And I want to just quickly look at two scriptures to, to bring this point home to us. The importance of the grace of God. And the first scripture mirrors the life of David in Siglag, 4 Samuel 30. 4 Samuel 30. It's a story we have read again and again during this series of teaching from on restoration. First Samuel 30. The Bible made us to understand that the, David and his men, they went uh, on an adventure. And before they came back, you know, they, their camps have been invaded. Their camps in Sigla have been invaded. And when they came back, they were all in pain. They were all in sorrow. They were crying. You know, and they were even about to stone David, who was their leader. And he was under enormous prayer because of what had happened to his people. So David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. Let us read that from, uh, from verse 8. 1 Samuel 30 from verse 8. The Bible says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt overtake them, and without faith recover all. Now, let me, let's look at this scripture very well. David asked of the Lord, Can I pursue? Can I overtake? Those are actions he can do on his own. Those are things that he can do for himself. He can pursue. He can cut up with them. But the ability to do what? To recover all is not him. It's not him that can do that. It's only God. Because you know what? What made you to think that before he gets there, it would have been what? Killed. They could have been killed. What all they took away would have been destroyed. So he has, he has no control over that. He has no control, absolutely no control over what could have happened to his people. No. He can pursue. But to get that thing is by the grace of God. Just like you can apply for a job. You can study for it. You can prepare for the interview. But you having the job is what? The grace of God. Because you're not the only one applying for it. Many people are applying for it. Many people are believing for that. As you are praying, they are praying as well. Some may not be praying. But they are preparing for it as well. 
So the, the best you can do is to do what? To study, prepare for that interview. But you getting that job is the regret of God. So he asked, can I pursue, can I overtake? The rest is you, God. And God said, pursue. You will overtake. And you do what? Surely what? Recover all. Because what is beyond your ability is not beyond God. It's not beyond God. So God made sure that he was, no, those, when they took those, and they took those, it's way away. They didn't do anything. They didn't harm them. Because they could have harmed them. They could have harmed them. They could have done anything to them. But they didn't. It's the grace of God that made us spare them. 600 of them were following before. Pursuing about this book. The Bible said 200 stay back. And I thought about it. Maybe the people have thought, why, why am I pursuing these people? It's too late. Do I need to follow? Do we need to pursue this book again? It's too late. But David was still pursuing. Because he believed God can help him. Praise the Lord. So it was like the invader just took, took Zippo on excursion. But David went there and recovered everything back. Praise God. And I pray for somebody here as well. I don't know what you are pursuing. You will do your bit, but God will do his bit for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. So it's not just what you look and do, it's what God can do as well. As you do your bit, God will do his bit. Because don't think we are praying about restoration, restoration, everything will fall, just fall on your lap. It requires you to do your own bit as well. You know, my brother, when he was giving his testimony, he said he prepared for the interview. You know, he prepared for it. That's, that's the best he could do. That is the best he could do. But God did the rest. And what you cannot do, God will do for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Bible recorded that when they got there, they lacked nothing. They took everything back. In fact, they did not only recover what they were taking from them. They even got back what those people have taken from other places. They got spoiled. And I pray that in the year 2019, you will encounter God's grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. What you cannot do, God will do for you. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Another example of God's grace in restoration can be seen in the book of Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Daniel 4, 27 to 37. It's a common story as well, but I will read it because this is the first time I'm, I'm using it in reference to uh, this teaching. Daniel 4, 27 to 37. The Bible says, We are for O King. You know, if you read it from the beginning, this story is that he had a dream, and in that dream, you know, uh, he, he, he was not, you know, didn't have the understanding. Daniel interpreted it to him that if he's not careful, if he's not careful, this will happen to him. He has to be very, very careful on how he carries himself, you know, so that this will not happen. But the king seems to forget easily what Daniel had told him. So in verse 7, I would say, Wherefore, O king, let me my counsel be accepted unto thee, and break all thy sins by righteousness, and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lady of thy tranquility. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power? 
and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee. Until thou know, until thou know, until thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whatever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. And he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his ears were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like boss claws. And at the end of days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me. And I bless the Lord most high, and I praise and I honor him that liveth forever, whose dominion is on everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he dwells according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the human beings of the earth, and none can stay in his hand or say unto him, Who dwells thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my laws sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Praise the Lord. He was, he was told the consequence of his actions. He was told that if he fall away from the grace of God, this will happen to him. But yet, he did what he was not expected to do. Just like we come to church every Sunday, or even Tuesdays, or even Vigil, and you hear the word of God. You, you read the scripture yourself. You know what is expected of you from God. But yet you commit sins. That was just what I can, uh, analogy I can give here. We know the consequence of our actions. But yet we are doing it. Nebuchadnezzar knew what could happen. Bible said in the period of 12 months, he actually did that thing. And everything left him. But Bible says he came back to his senses. He realized that he has missed it and began to acknowledge God in his life again. But let me tell you something. He's coming back to realization of what he has done wrong is one thing. His ability to go back to his throne is the grace of God. For seven years, he was in that condition. And the people of the land did not think about, let us do what? Appoint another king. That vacancy was still there until he came back to his senses. That is the grace of God. Another person could have up, no, removed him and said, For how long will I be waiting for this king? No. But God kept that truth for him. Lift up your hand to the Lord Almighty. Whatever belongs to you, that has not been released unto you. May the grace of God not be taken away from you. Amen. That you will have what belongs to you in the name of Jesus Christ. He came
the realization that yes, I have missed it. Do you know how many people that, you know, they have committed sins or they have done something wrong and they desire to have it back, but they couldn't have what belongs to them back. They couldn't have it back. It was too late for them. It was too late. So as we talk about restoration this year, pray for the grace of God. That whatever you may have missed or lost, the grace to recover it back will not be taken from you. In the name of Jesus Christ. That is very, very important for us to understand that grace matters. The grace of God matters as we talk about restoration. Some years passed, but nobody thought about taking over his throne. David, remember David? He had a son. Even when David was still on the stool, what was his son doing? He was trying to push him out. Absalom, his own son. It's awesome. There may, be, there may be challenges you are going through today. But God's grace will be there for you. Because even David, God had mercy on him. He was able to go back to his throne. I want us to bow down our head this morning and pray.